Hey gorgeous, this is episode number 213 with the amazing mindful millionaire mentor Lisa Peterson. Hi, this is Lisa Peterson and you're listening to Heart Cells podcast with Christine Schlonsky. Enjoy. I'm super excited about this episode today and you should be too because Lisa is an amazing mentor when it comes to becoming a mindful millionaire. She is an author, money coach and founder of the Vals Clinic. She helps people elevate their financial consciousness by realizing their true value. She shows you how to identify where you are stuck and repeating negative patterns so that you can break free of limitation and life into your fullest potential. And I just love Lisa's teaching. She was also part of the sales mentality makeover number three. And I loved all the content she shared and the lesson she taught. And in this episode, we're going to talk about creating a thriving relationship with money. Well, I am so super excited to have you on the show today, Lisa. Welcome. Thank you so much, Christine. It's so nice to see you. I know. I always love talking to you and had the immense pleasure to have you on a virtual summit, the Sales Mentality Makeover Masterclass a while ago. And I loved our conversation and I love what you have achieved in your life. And I think it's so inspirational and so motivating for people because you work around and with the money mindset. And as entrepreneurs, this is such an amazing piece of the mindset to kind of master or if it's really heavy and dragging you down to get over it and to deliberate yourself from, from this pain so that you can have this thriving business. Can you give us a little bit of a background? What made you do what you do today and what made you write a book? <laughs> sure. I have worked with money for my career for almost 30 years, and I gravitated to money because we did not have much when I was growing up. So if you want more, then go study finance and <laughs> learn the, uh, the art of money. Yeah. And that's what I did for many years. But what happened was after working with people you know, year in and year out, I would notice the emotional disconnection that a lot of people had with their money. One thing that I noticed is people would treat the, their partner one way, but once something came up around money, it was like a completely different relationship. And they would go into roles and I'd be like, wow, she's not saying anything. He's doing all the talking, you know, and I'd notice these dynamics of, or maybe she was doing all the talking. And he wasn't allowed to talk. And the more I paid attention to people's relationship with money, the more fascinated I became around the fact that some people have these like crystal clear clarity oriented relationships with money. And then I would say that's the minority. And then there, the majority, there's a lot of emotion. There's a lot of frustration. There's a lot of avoidance. And I wanted to know if there was actually a way to change people's behavior, you know, from their inside out so that they could enjoy life more and not suffer so much in their relationship with money. And that's what I set out to do about six years ago. Yeah, awesome. And and you achieved great success because you yourself, you kind of changed how probably how money feels 
how that energy feels. And you teach a lot about money and energy and the chakras and where we are actually also blocked in our bodies. And I think that's really important because when you, when you are feeling lack, for most people, it's like an unpleasant feeling in the body up to really pain. And this doesn't need to be because it's, you know, we live in an abundant universe. And if you take the right steps and, and shift your mindset, you can live a life like you can be financial free. And you, you have achieved that a while ago, um, which um, I just love that you can teach it and you, you have achieved it and you know what it feels like not to have a lot when you grew up to where you now. And it's such a beautiful, inspiring journey um, that you all also wrote in your uh, book, The Mindful Millionaire. So t tell us a little bit, why, why did you feel you have to write a book? The reason I think I had something different to say than what all the finance books say and also what the spiritually oriented books say is I felt like I'm very intrigued by the both and, like how can be, we be wealthy and spiritual? How can we bring our you know, financial wealth into our inner understanding? And then how can we take our inner understanding and bring it into our relationship with money? And so what I did is I've been on a very intense spiritual journey for about 20 years and I taught meditation and I was, you know, helping people with their finance, but I kept those two worlds completely separate because I couldn't find role models in the finance world, nor could I find role models in the spiritual world. Like they would sort of negate the importance of, of money. And I'm like, but wait a minute, you know, how are you going to be living a thriving spiritually vibrant life if you don't know how to keep the lights on for your home, you know, or you don't know how to take care of helping your children maybe go to get an education or you can't buy health insurance, you know, you're not going to be putting your head down on the pillow at night and having peaceful dreams when you are afraid of like survival, let's put it that way. So I knew that kind of culture and the culture that that we live in was ripe for learning new strategies. And that's when I started to bring these modalities together. And I'll be, you know, really clear and say, I learn, I create frameworks, and then I continue to learn from those frameworks. And that's when you know something is really rich and needy, when even the person who sort of channeled the teaching is learning alongside of everyone else, because there's so much inside of this vast relationship with money that it becomes, it becomes fun. There's no right or wrong. It's like, well, how does that make you feel when you learn about the root chakra or you learn about the solar plexus chakra and you think about your relationship with money? How does that help you? And I'm learning as, as we all are. Yeah. Yeah. I think we all, everybody who teaches something is also learning it at the same time. I think that's just the nature of choosing a field that, you know, that gets gets you excited and motivated to, to study more and more and more. And um, obviously we can only give to people more when we grow all the time. Yeah. Otherwise they're going to surpass us, <laughs> uh, <laughs> which, you know, is also amazing, but um, probably not really how you surf on a deeper level. So why do you think an entrepreneur really needs to get this concept of the money mindset and and has to shift into a place 
where it's just where it feels more open, more abundant. Why, why would that be important? I mean, I can be a good entrepreneur. I can have strategies and go out there and hustle really hard. And then at the end of the day, if I'm working hard, I, you know, I'm, I'm going to make some money anyway. This work is fascinating because I don't think we realize how these beliefs that we got created in many cases, very young in life, you know, four, five, six, seven years of age, we don't realize that it could have been something that was very simple, perhaps for our parents, something they said in passing, you know, money doesn't grow on trees, or maybe there was a pivotal moment and they, and we got in trouble for something. You know, I, I, for one, when I was five years old, I stole something at school from another child breaks my heart now. But like the way it was handled was so filled with shame that I created a belief at five years old that I must be a bad person. And that stayed with me until I was in my late forties without even yeah. realizing that this, you know, the stupid move that a five-year-old, I wanted something. So I took it and I didn't, I had never been around other people before. I had like been sort of a solo kid. So this was learning that you don't just take things that aren't yours. But the sad thing is, is what happens is we don't realize that these things stay with us. And when we don't deal with them, then every single conversation, every single business deal, like it's crazy when we're working with clients, these beliefs show up, but because we've not questioned them and we've not kind of pulled them apart to understand, we're, we're basically doing one thing and feeling another and it comes through. And what ends up happening is we can self-sabotage, but we don't even know why we're self-sabotaging because these beliefs go so deep inside of the way that we think that, that it causes confusion when we don't honor and validate the fact that these things happened in the past, they haven't been resolved, and now we're living as if it was just like yesterday where we stole something and, and we think we're a bad person. So... I'm blown away at how helpful this work is because when you're a salesperson, for example, and you've got these conflicting messages inside and you're not having the kind of success you want, I assure you that it won't take very long to find the root of why you're not having the success that you want when you dive into this. It's like, oh my gosh. And once you can you know, forgive yourself, maybe forgive others. You can go into it. It takes minutes. All of a sudden you're like, this is feeling like a brand new world. And I feel so much more empowered to do what I'm here to do. Yeah. Especially as entrepreneurs, you know, the, the world is so to speak open. I mean, there are no like limits. You can sell a ton of your services and you can make a ton of money. And what I also see is that some entrepreneurs who really start thriving, then all of a sudden they realize they make more money than their parents or maybe than their parents combined. And that causes another huge problem because then they start to self-sabotage probably with some belief that they can't make more than their parents or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's a perfect example of a belief where there's a ceiling of what's appropriate. And that if you were to exceed that, you might be insulting your parents or you might be 
you know, in some way, there is a lot of deep subconscious stuff about not wanting to look, have our parents look bad, even if there was like not good things that happened when we were young. Uh, many people are like, I don't want to go there. Like, you know, my parents, I want to keep things, keep the peace. And so when we don't examine what those beliefs are, then there's the ceiling or there's the fear of success, you know, which is a pretty common fear. Totally. Yeah. And many people are not even aware that this exists. Mm -hmm. Like when, before I started like that inner work, if you would have told me like fear of success, like no way. <laughs> But then when you look closer, it's like, oh, <laughs> this is interesting. It's not the fear of fear. It's the fear of success. Like what do you do when you all of a sudden get there and the world you create, what can happen potentially, or who might not love you anymore, or mm -hmm. might think that you are arrogant or whatever comes up. That's really uh, an interesting journey that, you know, you have to deal with it. You have to kind of get it in your conscious so you can work on it. And then, you know, you get over it at some point. <laughs> That's the right. beauty of it. But you, you have to catch that this even exists, right? Totally. It, in writing the book, when we first said hi today, I mentioned that I needed time to grow into being an author because I've never been an author with a book that I think has the impact that that could be really large. And so the six fear of success, while I'd been paying attention to it as I built my business over this past six years and growing and growing, this is a big leap for me. And you're putting, you know, for me, this very heart-centered work out into the world and being able to You know, someone mentioned, put it on the altar and let it be there and don't be so connected, you know, to this, if people don't like it or they write bad reviews or they give feedback that is very, you know, can be hurtful because that, that can happen out there in the world. Uh, making sure that we're able to be okay with that and that we're not going to stop showing the the world how to do our work because a few people criticize it, right? Mm. But learning how, you know, so success has lots of different elements to it and is quite complicated when you get into it. Yeah, that's interesting. So do you, do you remember the very first thing that you ever sold in your life? I do. I <laughs> sold seeds when I was eight years old. I was doing mail order because my age, we used to do like pen pals and send, you know, requests with a little voucher to buy some seeds. And I would take these seeds door to door in my neighborhood when I was eight years old. And I thought it was pretty cool when people bought and then I got to make some money. Yeah. And so how did it feel when you made your first money? Like somebody gave you something for your seeds? I was hooked. Like I was hooked. <laughs> so when I had sold everyone in the neighborhood, you know, you can only go so far at eight. I think I'd go maybe not a mile, but maybe half a mile away from my house. I, I went as far as I could feel comfortable. And then I was like, I felt I got to find something else to sell them. So then I was selling chocolate and flowers and and then I and then I started mowing lawns and weeding. You know, I was always hustling and I'd make flyers. I mean, it just blows my mind because not all children 
are so interested in money at a young age, but I was one of them. And it's, it is pretty funny because my kids have not been like that at all. You know, I was like hoping they would be, but no, everything's good. (laughs) that's that's so interesting so you were like a natural born entrepreneur so to speak Mm -hmm. but it took Mm -hmm. quite a while to take that leap and to do your own thing (laughs) yes I've always been in sales in some component in pretty much every job I've ever had and even if it wasn't a sales job I kind of made it into a sales job because that's the way my mind works even as I was a claims adjuster this is what's coming up for an insurance company and I would sell the settlement to the people like well this is what you're going to get you know this is how much money this claim is worth so I was selling all the time uh, but because my parents had struggled so badly with finances growing up and they were entrepreneurs I had a deep-seated fear of complete failure, collapse, financial ruin, which had happened to them. I was afraid of it, so I had trouble leaving my regular job, leaving a a traditional job until six years ago. I, I couldn't do it. I was just too scared. Yeah, wow. So how did you get over that fear? Well, kind of a sad story. I was at one of these horrifying shootings in in 2013, and a man walked into my doctor's office, a pretty large office in a waiting room, and he looked at me and he said, you might want to leave now, and he pulled out a large gun, and he headed to the back of the office to find his doctor, and he found her and shot her, and then my doctor got involved, and he shot at my doctor, hit a patient, and then shot and killed my doctor and later killed, killed himself. And in the course of trying to get out of this third story building and people, it just became mayhem because he was very fast and I hadn't even left the lobby by the time of that third floor, by the time he started shooting. Um, in that moment, I had this out of body experience where, you know, I had been doing meditation for many years and trying to rid myself of fear. But there is nothing like a moment where I thought death was potentially imminent and that I was not going to live through it. And that fear was so intense, I disassociated with my body and literally was like seeing the fearful state, I could see the witness to fear for the the first time in my life. And I was like, I am not that fear. I didn't understand it at the time. You know, you're just in, in hyper mode, but it was enough for me to say to myself, if I live, I knew my deepest dream was to actually become an entrepreneur. And it was like, if you, if you walk out of this building and you live, you're going to quit your job. That was like the first thought once I had that association. I just connected into my purpose. I knew that I had so much more to do in this life and that my fear was totally holding me hostage. And I just didn't want to live that way anymore. Wow. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that story. I think that's so inspiring. And hopefully many people don't even need to be in the situation to, to go for their dreams. 
right? For me, it was right. just, I was so fed up and I missed freedom so much and I just couldn't hear another, you have to be here at this time and you have to do this then that, you know, it was just, that was my moment where you collect all these things you had to do, you were supposed to do and the numbers and this and that, that I was like, you know, I'm so fed up. I just, I can't take it another day. So and I admire that. I mean, I wish it didn't take something like that, of course, but I admire it when people know themselves and listen to themselves so deeply and then also trust that they're going to figure it out. Because I think I spent my first two years as a business owner not trusting that I was going to figure it out. I mean, I had a lot of stuff still to work through. Yeah. And thankfully, because we had reached such financial success, I wasn't, it wasn't like a matter of keeping, you know, our house or something, you know, like we were fine and it gave me a few years. I also think, and maybe you had this happen too, where when you leave a super intense corporate job there for me, I think there was some time downtime of like, um, literally allowing my nervous system to relax and to not be in that pressure situation. And there was a lot of healing going on for that first two years. Oh, I totally agree. (laughs) Like the first thing I did, I was like, I got to claim my freedom. So I started traveling like crazy. Right. So, you know, you, um, and I, I started building my business a little bit on the side. So at least I knew there was a demand and some people had already paid me. But like the big jump, the big leap, right? That was uh, that was kind of scary. And um, you know, I'm, I took the months after I traveled for whole months to the U.S. Just had a great time, connected with a lot of people, and just you really lived that laptop lifestyle <laughs> that I was mm. craving so much. And then I basically had a whole year with a ton of travel. Um, And now I'm like, yeah, I really want to settle a little bit. I want to be at my desk. I, you know, I want to be at home. I want to be with my husband (laughs) and my, my dogs and cats. And I want to go in nature, but you know, every or almost every morning when I wake up, I'm so grateful that I can wake up and then I tell myself what I want to do. And I don't have to catch a train. I don't have any commute. It's just, you know, it's amazing. You have have your cup of coffee, you can go outside or, you know, in winter time, obviously not, but (laughs) just that, you know, the feeling and the knowing that whatever it is, I decide the next step. And obviously, Mm -hmm. you know, there's self-sabotage. Sometimes we're just in our way. Sometimes we just don't feel like it. And then there's Mm -hmm. doubt creeping in. And then their confidence is uh, confidence is coming back. So it's it, you know it's like uh, ups and downs. Uh, obviously, that I think that's human. But mm-hmm. just this deep knowing that it will work out, right? Yeah. And it, it you know it might not explode right at the beginning, but you know you are set on the path that gives you that joy, that excitement. Yeah, I- Curious for you, what has come up 
when you know that you want to grow and you want to expand, so you're, you're pushing yourself, but you're not wanting to push yourself so much that you end up kind of treating yourself like you're back in a job. Like, how do you find that balance? Yeah, that it's, sense? yeah, oh, totally. Yeah. And obviously there are some times that are, you know, especially when you, for example, prepare like a virtual summit, <laughs> right, then, you know, times are more intense. Um, and, and then on the other hand, I do take time to, to slow down and to connect to be in nature or, um, you know, I, I still have some challenges sometimes to like book a whole day in the spa. <laughs> Uh, where, you know, I probably read something or listen to an audiobook that, you know, gets my attention. So it's still self-development at some point and kind of <laughs> work if you want. But um, I think what really helped was not really dividing up, well, this is work, this is life, putting those two pieces together and knowing that I do something that I just love doing. And when I do not feel like doing it, giving myself that break. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. So yeah, like really, yeah, trying to, to figure that out. <laughs> wow. I just love talking to you. So time for this interview is already up, but I really want to send people to the wonderful gift you brought us and they can get that at abundancegift.com. I'm going to put it in the show notes under the resources. So tell us a little bit what, what are we getting when we go there? Yeah, so this is a commentary to a meditation about the chakras and about the system that I feature in the book. And then the actual meditation that balances, cleanses the chakras, and it's very relaxing. I've had people write to me and say, you know, I cried through the whole thing because it opens up your heart. It opens up your feeling sense and you realize some things that you were ready to let go of. And, you know, not everybody's going to have that response. But why I like to mention it is that if tears do come, allow them because you're, you're having a breakthrough in that moment of releasing something that's no longer serving you. And, and so this is like my best meditation of all the hundreds that I've created. And I wanted to give that to everyone. Oh, thank you so, so much. I'm going to also put in the resource section, your beautiful book, Mindful Millionaire. So people can go and, and get it and read it and, you know, work with it because it's going to make a huge difference in people's lives. It's, it's not the regular book about how to make money. I mean, there's so <laughs> much more to it. And I'm so, super excited that you actually have written the book. So thank you so, so much. And I'm also very excited that we get to have another episode. <laughs> yes, <laughs> so we can, we can talk uh, uh, a little bit more. Um, and I, wanna, I really want to come to the topic, like what happens when you have to cry or to yawn or like what happens to your body actually and why you should not suppress whatever comes up. So thank you so, so much for your time. And uh, yeah, talk to you soon. Thank you. 
You know, when it comes to money, we all have these different emotions and sometimes it's light, sometimes it's heavy. And I think it's really important that you take your money mindset to the next level, no matter where you are. There's always a next level where it's more abundant, where it's more flow, where clients are coming in with ease and you just have to make offers with ease and grace and ask for your price. And I love how Lisa teaches actually the financial consciousness, how she brings it together, the facts of money that she really knows by being a CFP, as well as all the spiritual pieces that come together in her work and that help you to overcome scarcity, experience true prosperity and create the life you really want, which is a subtitle of her amazing book, The Mindful Millionaire. So check that out as well. Hop on over to christineschlonsky.com, find the podcast tab where you will find the show notes, all the resources we talked about, all the links to connect with Lisa and as well as her amazing gift, Chakra Energizing for Abundance Meditation. So you can really get your game to the next level. If you have not yet subscribed to the Empowerment Notes, I highly recommend you do. Once you're over at christineschlonsky.com forward slash podcast, you will find a sign up to the Empowerment Notes, which is empowerment right into your inbox. So tips I share that I usually do not share on social empowerment and as well as amazing content and all the updates for Heart Sales Podcast. Thank you so much for being here. I hope you are doing wonderful and stay safe, happy and healthy. Keep up the good vibes. Have a wonderful day wherever you are in this beautiful world. And I'm saying bye for now. Mm -hmm.